Trusting in his holy word. He's never failed us yet. Oh, 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 oh. can't turn around. We've come this far.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the 757 Renaissance Man podcast. Um, Today's guest is a guest that when I originally started my podcast was one of my goals for this first season. I had to speak with this lady because she brings so much history and grace and exposure to the Hampton Roads area. If you Google 757 and gospel music, Dr. Peggy Britt's picture will come up. Thank you, Dr. Peggy Britt, for for taking your time out and having this conversation with me today. Absolutely. As they would say in Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to, during this whole conversation, I'm going to constantly give you your flowers because you have impacted my life on many, many, many ways and probably didn't even realize it. Mm. Um, One of the first ways um, as a young black musician in the church, and I mean like eight years old, you have always been a role model to me you were the very first person that I can actually say I could physically reach and touch and hold an album with your name on it. Wow. Wow. And music oh. is a, music is a huge thing in my life. And to be able to have somebody in my atmosphere at that age that I can actually touch a record made it real for me. Wow. I, um, uh... I don't know what to say. I, um, you know, when, when I, when I think about, um, the influence that we as gospel artists have in people's lives, I take it really, really seriously. And, um, to hear you say that humbles me because, um, if I've done anything to, um, mm, what to, foster your faith or to um, to urge you and encourage you to uh, pursue that whole musical um, path, then uh, to God be the glory. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You, you're very in- instrumental in me not being nervous to perform. As mm-hmm. a little kid, um, my, your son and I are very good friends. And we are friends because, uh, you know, we old church kids. You know, we go back as far as taking naps in the pews together during choir rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> but when I felt that I wanted to explore my musical side, you was like, come on, baby, come play. And wow. that did a lot 
for me. So thank you. Well, you know, you're welcome. And, and, um, I don't know how I passed on to you the, uh, the, the ability to not be nervous when I still get nervous (laughs) (laughs) every time. So, um, I'll have to sit back and see what did, what did I teach Sean about being nervous? How did I I do that? (laughs) Because, um, you know, every time that mic is in my hand, it, it, to me, you know, the mic is not only an amplification of my voice. Mm-hmm. It's an amplification of my responsibility to be integral in my performance. And um, I don't take that lightly um, because I realize that um, when you have the mic, you have a level of influence. Mm-hmm. And your influence should always be uh, to the good of the audience uh, rather than uh, uh, some other way that you could influence them. So absolutely, um, I, I, I still get nervous. And I, I'm not mad about getting nervous because it makes me know that this is a serious thing. You got this mic in your hand. This is a serious thing. What are you going to say to the people that are listening to you that's going to uplift them, that's going to turn them around, that's going to dry their tears, that's going to do something um, to minister to them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I would like to know is I would like to know the story of Dr. Peggy Britt, what it was like for you growing up and how you were originally exposed to music. Um, my mom... Uh, my mom was a big musical influence in my life, uh, Odessa Macklin Taylor. And um, of course, an influence in a lot of ways, but definitely musically. Um, and uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give, you talking about history, I'm gonna give y'all some history right now because my mom uh, uh, bought me um, these little, uh, Okay, your audience may not even know anything about this. These little things called records. <laughs> yeah, that we used to play on a record player. This thing that spins around and we put a needle down and all of that. So uh, she bought me records. Um, one I remember distinctly is the story of uh, Peter and the Wolf, which is, which is an orchestral piece. Uh, that tells a story with instruments. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely, I remember that one. And um, uh, from there, uh, I suppose, uh, oh, yeah, on Saturdays, uh, the uh, Texaco Opera Hour would come on mm-hmm. during the day, and we would listen to that. And then <laughs> the funny part of uh, my musical journey with my mother was we used to listen to uh, country western music, which I think is some of the best written music. It tells stories mm-hmm. as well as anything, any kind of music does. Um, well, it's called country now, not country western. See, I'm dating myself. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, but we would listen to that music and we would sing off key just on purpose. <laughs> and uh, it was really, really funny, a lot of fun. And then um, noticing my musical proclivities, my mom uh, put me uh, with one of the major 
piano teachers in our area. Her name is uh, was Antoinette Watkins, and um, she just put me on the fast track uh, with uh, with my lessons. And she could tell when I didn't practice. She could tell when I did. So she was a great teacher. And um, I would be in the house, and believe it or not, in the evening when kids were out playing and riding bicycles and skating. I'll be in the house practicing, and uh, I wasn't mad about it. I, I loved practicing and um, just getting to know the piano better, getting to know music better. And from there, I, I, I went into contests, and from there, believe it or not, I went to college at Norfolk State University. Go green and go. Hold on, hold on. I got something for that. I got something for that. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Legion. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I just throw that out there. P.O. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, when I went to college, uh, because I had this dream that I would be a pediatrician, hmm. I was a biology major. And, uh, but still, you know, music's in my soul, still um, participating at my church and uh, some other uh, musical activities. And in my sophomore year, I was messing around on the piano and somebody heard me messing around on the piano at the college and um, told somebody to come and listen and somebody came and listened and they gave me a scholarship to Norfolk State University uh, Music Department. And I went there for, of course, to get my bachelor's and I went back many years later to get my master's, but uh, that's been kind of my musical journey. And in the midst of that journey, I, I um, formed this uh, uh, wonderful group of singers called the Philharmonic Gospel Singers. And uh, of course you were at some of those rehearsals, so you remember. And um, we just went wherever they called us to go, been to Florida, been to, um, St. Louis, you know, mostly the East Coast and uh, some of the Midwest and traveling, doing gospel music under the influence at that time of people like um, James Cleveland and later on the Hawkins and, you know, all of that. And of course, then along comes, oh my goodness, along comes Richard Smallwood. And Richard Smallwood is the person that allowed me to understand that I could be classically trained and still do gospel music. And believe it or not, I went to graduate school for a year and a summer at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. because Richard Smallwood was there. He was there at Union Temple, Union Temple, I believe it was, Baptist Church, Pastor Wilson. And uh, every Sunday that I was in town, I was at Union Temple watching Richard and a church choir that was out of this world, which you could hardly find at that time. And, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of my beginnings uh, in, in uh, setting the foundation of where, where, what I'm doing now. If you've 
I, I've said it many, many times. And if you go back and, and listen to some of the interviews of some of the people, I've always referred to you as Hampton Roads' own Shirley Caesar. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, mm. that's how serious it is. And mm. so I want to talk about your your connection with God. Because I, I also often say, you are the voice. If God could sing, God would sound like Peggy Britt. Oh, my goodness, Sean. <laughs> Because oh, it's yeah. it's so it's very few people like how you feel about Richard Smallwood, you know, it's very few people that can channel that like you can. And wow. I think he's blessed you to be a great multitasker in his name. It's times and and it seems so effortlessly to the lay person, but you play you direct and you sing at the same time. <laughs> well, that ain't that was, nothing but God. <laughs> listen, that was forced upon me. I hated doing that, but I didn't have anybody else. You know, like people, uh, uh, the, the, the recent gospel choirs and groups, they have a band mm. and, you know, you know, and then they have singers, and then they can do what they do. If they sing or direct or write or whatever, they are free to do that without the quote-unquote encumbrance of having to play. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. All I had was me. And so I had to, I had to do it all until I began to uh, get some, some help from time to time. Never had a... a I did have a bass player who stayed with me for a while, Wendell Jones. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Um, from time to time, um, Bishop Ezekiel Williams, who I just did a, 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 a Netflix project with, would, would play for me. And, um, you know, others would step in from time to time or on special occasions. But I didn't have that on a regular basis. So at rehearsal, I had to play. At the concerts I had to play, at engagements I had to play, I had to play. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I wasn't particular about doing that, but I had to do what I had to do. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was forced to multitask. <laughs> so how did God call you into the ministry? Because not only do you sing, do you play, and do you direct, you also preach. Um, let's see. Um, my my salvation experience came um, uh, in a revival, believe it or not, um, of a friend uh, of the brother of a friend of mine. Um, and as a matter of fact, I had started out uh, uh, playing and singing uh, with this gentleman who had a choir here, his name is, uh, his name, uh, well, his name is Dwight Steele. He's a pastor now in Roanoke with a great uh, church in Roanoke. But there was a group called the Interdenominational Gospel Singers, I believe that was the name of the group. And I started out with them and um, his brother, uh, Dwight Steele's brother, um, Brother Thomas Steele, 
uh, came into town to do a revival somewhere. I can't even remember where it was. I just remember leaving that service, not being able to stop crying mm -hmm. and knowing that there was a change that had happened in, inside of me. So fast forward many years later, I got to be under the direction of the gentleman who's responsible for my recording career, uh, Joe Flores, who recently uh, passed away. Uh, but this gentleman believed in my music, uh, believed in my uh, uh, abilities, you know, writing, blah, blah, and um, invested in me. And he had a church. He came here from Florida and began a church called Perfecting Saints Worship Center. Mm -hmm. And phenomenal teacher, phenomenal biblical teacher and preacher. Uh, just phenomenal. And I was in a, a Bible study uh, and uh, just from the study, somehow I knew there was this knowing on the inside of me. And I knew that uh, God had called me into preached ministry. So that's where that, that's how that got started. Uh, so the Philharmonic Choir, um, mm -hmm. is a quote-unquote community choir. And it's, I think that is one of the ways that you spread the seed of the gospel the most. Because not only did, like from time to time, that's how I became acquainted with you. My mom would sing with you sometimes. Um, I don't, countless singers have come through that choir. And, you know, being who we are in the Hampton Roads area with the large military and college. And you have a lot of transient people that I believe that was, you know, your way of spreading the gospel and your seed throughout the nation. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, the bass player window that I mentioned a few minutes ago was uh, in the Navy when mm -hmm. he came to the choir, there's another guy, who played the saxophone, his name is Jesse, Jesse Prim. He played saxophone for us. He was a, a, a part of the Navy. We had singers that were in the Navy. Um, and uh, I don't know if we had any other military uh, representation, I can't remember, but I do remember uh, uh, quite a few Navy um, uh, personnel were a part of our ministry. And, um, uh, it was, you know, uh, those choir days were just as, I mean, uh, they bring a smile to my face uh, for, for so many different reasons. And uh, some of the um, uh, things that happened uh, in the history of that choir are, are just phenomenal. At the end of concerts, we would have people to come up and if they wanted to uh, give their heart to the Lord and <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. wasn't just about the singing because for me, singing just opens up a door for um, the gospel news or the gospel message uh, being released. So with that, we had lots of opportunities and, and many have, have come back to tell me 
that uh, that's how they met the Lord um, through that through the end of that concert, the invitation. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. I I also say that like just yes, your gospel roots. Um, you've you've spread that, but you have also showed all musicians in the Hampton Roads area what is possible at an early time, like before there was a Ferrer Williams, before Teddy Wiley came down here. If you wanted to um, rub elbows or learn the the theory of music, you had to find Dr. Peggy Britt. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I do have bragging rights on Missy. Uh-huh. She was part of my choir for a, a short while, uh-huh. and I'm uh, I'm I'm just uh, amazed at, at, at her uh, success. But um, Pharrell did an interview with, with her, a quick quip, um, when he was a judge on The Voice, and he asked Missy. You know, where does she learn her harmonies and blah? And she mentioned my name. And people called me, John, and said, are you watching a voice? I said, no. Um, they just call your name. Pharrell and Missy just called your name. I said, stop playing. I hung up. <laughs> stop playing. Why are you playing? And then I started getting message after message after message and uh, saw the clip. So... I said, wow, who knew mm-hmm. that that Missy was learning anything from me? Uh, but um, I, um, I'm a, I'm a music theory head. I, oh, oh, as a matter of fact, that's what my uh, second degree is in theory and composition. And uh, definitely um, love the, the backstory of the harmonies, if you will. And that always fascinates me when I'm listening to music. I'm, I promise you, Sean, I'm listening in theoretical terms. Okay, I believe that's it. a one, that's a four. They went back to a two, uh-huh. now a six, and now they're back to one. Okay, all right. So yeah, that that that's me all day, me all day. And I like that you can break it down that way, but still let the spirit kind of move you. So let's talk about how do you balance the two? Because there is a spiritual side, but then again, there's a theory and train side. How do they work with each other? Um, good question, sir. Um, Sean, please bring me batteries. I'm not quite sure how they work together. I, I, I don't think I have any kind of logical explanation for that. Um, I know that they both coexist in the same moment. And um, I just, (coughs) sorry about this cough. My allergies are going haywire. Not a Um, problem at all. But um, what what I know is that, you know, let me, let me be a little philosophical and heady for a moment. I believe that all music starts in heaven because that's the first um, that's the first mention 
of music before it gets to earth. Okay. In other words, there's some angelic stuff going on uh, in heaven and God being the creator and the creative being that he is, um, just passes that on to his creation, which is mankind. Mm -hmm. Now, how we choose to use that gift is up to us. And for those of us that are in the gospel music industry, I believe that we have chosen uh, the best vehicle uh, or the best way to represent that that comes from heaven to us. Um, those that have chosen other genres, I, 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 I'm, I'm not dismissing their importance in our lives at all, but I know that the music that comes from heaven uh, should be able to go back <laughs> okay. and, uh, and, and not be, um, and, and should be able to go back and be received. Let me say that. So when I, when I think about all of that, um, that's how I think maybe, maybe that's how it works. That's how the spirit and the theory and all of it works because the things that work in heaven God finds a way to, to funnel it so that it also works in the earth. Okay, so maybe that's what the theory does. The theory makes the stuff that comes from heaven work in the earth so that our ears can comprehend it mm -hmm. and our hearts can enjoy it and our minds can understand it. And there we have the, the two coexisting in the same moment, the theory and the spirit, maybe. Mm -hmm. I totally That's get it. That's the best I can do. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to ask you a musical, uh, offbeat musical question. Mm -hmm. Do you find a correlation between music and math? That's a trick question, right? No, no, no. As a, as a kid. Out. Check it out. Go check ahead, it go out. ahead, go ahead. I used to teach music uh -huh. and math at the same time. Right, yeah. I did. And absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, they, they, the people that study this kind of thing, have never been able to explain that. They've never been able to explain that. But, what I know about music is that it creates paths in your brain that nothing else, nothing else can create. Mm -hmm. That's why if you're 117 years old, like I am, <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm not going to let you say that. <laughs> hey, and it's okay. I look good for my age, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> For 117, yeah, <laughs> it makes me look better. But listen, that's why um, you can you can be however old you are, and you can remember a song from 30, 40, 50 years ago. Listen, let me tell you, I can hear. Okay, maybe the MC Temptations, 
four tops, all of those uh, 60, 50s, 60s, um, maybe into the 70s uh, recording artists were doing, secular recording artists were doing. I can remember, and most people can remember every little twist and turn, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from those songs because that music has created a path in their brain that never goes away, mm-hmm. never goes away. So I remember uh, being a young man and math was never really my strongest subject. And I'm talking maybe fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And, you know, that's also the same time, well, they used to, that's also the same time they used to make you either take band or chorus. And I chose band. And I could tell, like, as I got to seventh and eighth grade, the math skills got a lot stronger. Because music, especially music theory and reading music, makes you do a lot of math in your head really fast. And not only do you have to do the math in your head, you have to respond physically to that math and to those little notes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always been a correlation between, you know, formula and notes in the music staff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I, it is fascinating to me. I, I was watching this little girl who's about three years old perform um, it wasn't a real difficult piece, but for a three-year-old mm-hmm. to look at the sheet music, play play it on the piano, being able to understand how to count 16th notes, mm-hmm. how to count eighth notes, want to take a rest, um, um, how to, you know, turn on her internal metronome so that she's still counting and even in music, you can't even, when you're reading music, you can't even just look at what you're playing. You got to look ahead to the next measure because you got to mm-hmm. be ready to make those notes as well. There's so much uh, uh, that can be uh, garnered from learning how to play an instrument. And um, I at the uh, well, not man, but you know what I mean. I used to uh, not understand why. Okay, when the when the clarinets and the trumpets and the and the trombones and violins and all those people used to give their senior recital, they could have their music. Mm-hmm. Okay, on the stand mm-hmm. and just read it and play it. How come? They wouldn't let the piano majors <laughs> have that music on the piano. I never did understand that. We can, listen, and we got ten singles that we got to <coughs> and two and two clefs. You got treble and bass clef. You understand? <laughs> so what, what? What's up with that? Who started that? Was Clara Schumann who who did that? <laughs> so I don't know, but uh, anyway. Oh, funny story about my C recital. <laughs> I was playing this uh, F minor sonata by uh, Beethoven. And for the life of me, Sean, I could only remember the first five notes. Okay. Okay. Nothing else came to my mind. 
This is at my senior recital. I had on a, a long polka dot dress and a big Afro wig. <laughs> okay. And here I go. Okay. So, okay. All right. That's the first time. Oh, 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 oh. Nothing came. <laughs> so I sat there for a second and I prayed this little prayer. I said, Lord, if you don't bring back to my remembrance the rest of this sonata, I'm going to get up from the piano. I'm going to bow in front of this piano and I'm going to walk off the stage. Thank you very much. So, got myself together and I started again. And everything came back to me. Mm -hmm. But let me say this. My hands, and muscle memory, my hands were going faster than my brain was remembering. Wow. I, I, it, it was it was the most I, it was scary huh. because I was I was not playing what my mind remembered. My hands were doing what they remembered to do from the practice. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that's how it is for basketball players making free throws or whatever. Um, uh, it's the, the muscle memory was the thing. So, yeah. All right, so I wanna I wanna flip it a little bit. Um, you know, I had Boo, your son, on the podcast very early on. I was so proud that he and when I was just starting out, he accepted my request and he was like, "Brother, I had to do it because we go way back." So my question to you is, what would because we spent a great deal of his podcast talking about you. So I want to return the favor for him. What was it like watching your son following your footsteps and and make his way musically as he was growing up? First of all, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I mean, I, he, he's, he's a, for me, He's, he's, when I say the word phenomenal, I mean it in every sense of the word because Boo is not just a drummer. Mm -hmm. Boo is a full-fledged, fully-orbed musician. Mm -hmm. He hears the whole thing, not just his part in the thing. Mm -hmm. He knows how his part in the thing fits in the thing. But he's also aware. It's like the great basketball player again, that that uh, a great point guard that knows where everybody is on the court at every at every time that he needs to know, so that he knows who to pass to, who to who to uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Boo is like that. Whatever musical setting he's in, he's always going to be thinking about the entire picture. I, 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 listen, we were riding in the car one day. He was five years old. I'll never forget this. He was in the back seat of the car. That's when he didn't, he didn't have to have a seatbelt on. Okay. He was standing up in the back seat <laughs> of the car. And we were listening to this song on the radio and he was singing all the parts and he was singing them right. 
I'm saying, this dude, wait a minute. I mean, his ear is off the charts. Um, and as a drummer, you know, a lot of times as a drummer, because drummers are the foundation, kind of what's going on, at least metrically, mm-hmm. they can kind of take over. Never that. Never that. He's going to drive it, but he's going to drive it in such an understated way that he doesn't get in the way of whatever else is going on. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I mean, you know, I'm not sure why he's, why he, why somebody on on a whole other platform has not snatched him up because he's just that great. Mm-hmm. And I and not good. He's great. And I'm so proud of everything he's done musically. Of course he worked with Tasha for a while. Uh he did a tour with a guy whose name I can't remember. Yeah, we but, talked about um, that. <laughs> yeah, and um of course here he was with uh Fuzz Band. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, as his mom as, uh, you know, uh, one of the spiritual forces in his life, um, it was, uh, I wanted him to, to stay in the genre uh, of gospel. But, um, you know, he, he has made his own decisions about that. And he has kind of done that because now he's at uh, Bishop Murphy's church in, in, uh, in Georgia and, uh, I'm sure that they appreciate him. Um, yeah, because this guy, I mean, he's just, oh, wait a minute. He ain't going to want me to say this, but I'm going to say it. Say it, say it. Y'all ain't heard nothing until y'all hear him sing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, to get him to sing, that's a whole nother question. <laughs> But if you ever have the opportunity uh, to to hear him sing, his uh, vocal interpretation of things, you know, right up there with his uh, percussive skill. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's the dude right there. That's yeah. All right. So this is kind of going to segue into my next question. Um, you are known for musical excellence, but it's not by accident. So I, like you said earlier, I've witnessed what it's like to rehearse with Dr. Peggy Britt. And being that me and Boo came up together, I, we, we talked about this during his podcast. I remember it was a time we were performing and he was just, you know, we were young, we were teenagers I think he was just kind of being a little bit rebellious and wasn't playing it the way he was supposed to play. In the middle of the service, you stopped and checked him. Look, y'all tell them stories. I don't remember none of that. <laughs> I do, because stories. that made me sit up and be like, let me, uh, I, I don't want that coming over here. <laughs> I don't remember none of that. I listen, no. I did not give y'all that kind of smoke. You didn't give no. Uh-uh. But we, no. we deserved it, though. We deserved it. And I think that, 
you know, especially with the quality of musician that he is, that helps shape him because there is a certain discipline that comes with the music, especially if you want to be successful at it. Absolutely. And, and uh, I, you know, my, my um, uh, desire for excellence in what I do causes me not to even listen to me. Mm-hmm. I, and what I mean by that, you know, I just finished doing a single and, and, and uh, finishing up a single with, with a phenomenal um, uh, do. I listen back at it and, and and even now, although I was kind of like, I was really kind of happy with it when I did it, but when I listen back to it, I'm saying, dang, I should have done so and so and so. And why didn't, <coughs> why didn't I do so and so and so? And so, you know, I, I, I'm always wanting to get better and do better and be better. So, um, that's just that's just how I do it. And if it's not right, I want to do what I can to make it right. Mm-hmm. Because if this if this music is to to glorify God, if it, it's 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 part of my, I think my duty um, to take it to its best level with what He's given me. So, I mean, if that means going back and doing it again or going back and changing it or whatever, then that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pursuit of excellence, I guess. I would be so wrong if I did not bring up Voices of Fire. Ooh. So what was that whole process like? Because I knew about it and I knew Pharrell was behind it. And I, you know, I heard, I remember I was so mad because I missed that concert. Um, I had a prior event and um, it's, I can't even, I can't even explain to you all of the people that I've grown up in my age that all have been under your tutelage in some kind of way. So watching that and seeing a lot of the faces and, seeing Cedric Wilson in a choir and in an audience and and seeing um, um, a lot of our local um, gospel favorites like Earl Bynum in the choir and supporting you, not in the choir, I'm sorry, in the audience and mm-hmm. supporting you and seeing their general love. A, what was that like? And B, what was the process of making that series like? Oh, well, first of all, you named two of my favoriteest people, favoriteest, that's not a word, uh, but I'm just saying it. Uh, most, two of my most favorite people in the world, uh, Cedric Browson and Earl Bynum. These guys uh, have supported me ever since I can remember. Um, I want you to go back and watch my episode with Earl because when I asked him who was his, who was the person that he had to collaborate with if he had a choice of anybody in the world, he said you. Absolutely. Listen, um, Earl has been my cheerleader without pom-poms forever. Mm. 
And um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am grateful for him in my life because he pushes me. But to have him out of that audience and, of course, uh, Cedric, who I watched, you know, grow up playing the organ when his feet couldn't even reach the pedal. Right. Still uh, killing. Uh-huh. At nine years old. Um, so uh, the, the love that these guys show me and the love I have for them is, like, undeniable. And um, that, that night of that concert was just a consummation of a lot of hard work. Um, a lot of a lot of stories uh, that I could be a part of. Um, I'll tell you tell you what the process was like. It was a lot of work, but it didn't feel like work because it was so much love and so much fun in you know shooting the show. I got to meet a lot of phenomenal people behind the scenes. Um, one of the producers, Bianca. Uh, we still talk now from time to time. <coughs> Sorry. No problem. And, um, and um, of course, Bishop, I'll tell you how it came about. Um, uh, Bishop Ezekiel, uh, when he was growing up, I mentioned him earlier as sometimes filling in and playing for my choir, and he did. Mm-hmm. And he was phenomenal, even as a young man playing uh, organ down in SeaTac uh, at uh, Bishop Thurgood's church, uh, where he kind of honed his skills. He moved away, came back, and uh, of course has started uh, Faith World Ministries, which is a great ministry. And he um, called me and said, "Listen, I'm doing this, and blah 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 blah," and. Uh, you know, uh, oh, 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 no, 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 let me go back. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was about to be, um, I, I think it's affirmed as a bishop, he um, had a banquet and he wanted me to sing at the banquet. I said, okay. And, um, you know, sometimes we don't even know the gravity of the things that we do, mm-hmm. but he said, oh, you sing it out? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, but the day before, I I went to, no, no, the day of. Day of, I didn't get there in time for that, but I, I got there right at the tail end, and I noticed that Pharrell is there. And, of course, I knew the name Pharrell, mm-hmm. but I never connected Pharrell and Bishop Williams. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was his nephew. His nephew, right. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And um, so I was, you know, seeing everybody and everybody was running around trying to get a, a picture with Pharrell. I said, you know what, I, I, I know that he's not going to, no, I'm not going to bother him. So fast forward, we went over to the hotel where the, where the um, banquet was going to be. And everybody that was on the program was whisked to another room upstairs. Uh, and Pharrell was in that room. And I was saying to myself, when am I going to get an opportunity to get a selfie with Pharrell ever, <laughs> ever again in my life? Right. So let's, let's see. And I went up to him and listen, this guy, this, 
I mean, this guy, I, I, I'm not impressed with a lot of human beings, but I'm impressed with this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy could be as snooty and as aloof as he wanted to be, but he's not. Mm-hmm. He's Pharrell Williams from SeaTac, Virginia Beach, Virginia, mm-hmm. for real. And yeah, I'm going to change his name from Pharrell to for real. <laughs> All um, right. You know, uh, and, and so I go up to him and I said, listen, I know you're tired of people asking you this all day long, but could I get a picture with you as well? He said, sure. And at that time, he didn't know I was on the program Mm -hmm. at all. So, I mean, it was just for him, it was just a picture. And for me, it was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. So when we went to the banquet, downstairs to the banquet, we, um, The banquet, uh, Bishop got sick at the banquet. They had to take him out. So the MC of the banquet was like hurrying along on the program. And I was somewhere on that program. I can't remember whether it was the middle or the end. And um, the guy came back and said, you know, Bishop is coming back in. But he had gone past the time that I was supposed to sing. So, and I, I sent a note. I said, well, am I gonna, or am I gonna be able to share today or not? No, you're not. So I said, oh, I said, okay, well, for me, for about, uh, let me be transparent, for about 30 seconds, mm-hmm. I was heated. <laughs> I'm serious. Thir- mm-hmm. About 30 seconds. Then I thought about it. I said, listen, you have been here today to support Ezekiel Williams. <laughs> yes, you were supposed to sing. This is a, this is the conversation I'm having with myself. Yes, you were supposed to sing, but you're here in support of him. So uh, quit clutching your pearls, get a hold of yourself, and support him. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So he comes back. So Bishop comes back and he apologizes. He ate something that that didn't agree with him and he was sick for for a good portion of the banquet. However, um, he gets up and he says, I want to thank everybody for coming and blah, 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 blah. They were giving He said, you didn't? I said, no, sir. He said, well, we're not leaving till you say. <laughs> I said, okay. So, um, Larry George, who is a phenomenal musician, as a matter of fact, he's Bishop's uh, musician, minister of music. Um, I told him what to play, and that that's when I got to sing the song. After that, Pharrell came down to me, knelt at my feet, and just was so encouraging to me, mm-hmm. just saying, so many things, and you know, my wife and I, you, you made us cry, and blah blah blah. Uh, so much so that when one of their other relatives died, Pharrell uh, requested that I that I come and sing for that homegoing, and I did. So it was it, it was amazing that Bishop asked me uh, after all these years of knowing each other to participate in that. Well, out of all the people that he's ever known his whole life, 
that could probably do the same thing, he chose me. I felt like I was chosen for that. And So uh, I felt as from watching it and living here and living the whole 757 experience, it was nobody else he could have chosen to be a judge in a gospel competition, a gospel competition in the 757 that represented the 757 in this region. It was, it was a no brainer. Well, you say that. I don't say that. <laughs> okay. So who would you have picked if it was you? Who would you oh have picked? Goodness. Good question. Um, I, I, I don't know. I would, I would need to, to think about that. To, to say who I would who I would have put in that place but to I don't know to, to you know I mean even if it was budgetary constraints I'm still glad to be <laughs> glad to have been uh, chosen for that. I felt yeah. that that fulfilled the whole project for me, for me. I see I see what you're saying and that added so much authenticity I can't talk right now. Authenticity. Thank you. <laughs> to it. Like, I felt like if I didn't see you on that program, it was fake. Oh, my goodness. So, and I love how transparent you were. Like, I could go to people and like, yes, that's Mama Britt. That's She was her on that show. She wasn't playing a role. She wasn't trying to be anybody else. You were you. And that that really lifted my heart so much to see you be you. And I've been in a situation where you've given me advice as a musician. So I know what it feels like. I I know your pedigree, if you will, of the music. So I knew we was in for some singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they, they made it hard because it was so many talented people who came and uh, auditioned for that. So many, so many. And uh, we had to whittle it down to uh, the number that we had to whittle it down to. So that was a, a, a blessing and a curse at the same time because some people that we had to say goodbye to that really could have stayed, but because of the the way that they wanted the, that uh, Bishop wanted the choir formed, mm -hmm. Um, it was um, necessary uh, for us to do that, but nevertheless, what what an experience and what a what a um, what a great um, uh, highlight! Mm. I'll put it that way in my life. Yeah, I, I and like being so authentic. It was people in there I could see during the rehearsal, I mean, during the audition phases that I knew, like I knew this person's going to blow it down. Um, I can't think of the gentleman's name off the top of my head, but the gentleman with the one hand. Oh, Keith Ball? Yes, Please. Keith Ball. He's come to New Hope and sung many times. So soon as I saw him audition, I just sat up. Like, I know this is about to be something right here. Baby. Listen, Keith Ball, ooh, another one of the favorite people in my life. This guy, man, I love this guy. I love Keith Ball. But, and, and you know, Alrenzo, of course, mm -hmm. uh, I, these people are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They're phenomenal. And 
there's 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 no way around it. There, I mean, so 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 many, so many. So um, and I was telling a, a young lady, you know, there when you're when you're on a, a journey like that and you are um, a part of a part of a, a what do you call it a audition process um, there are some people that are going to walk away with a bad taste in their mouth mm -hmm. uh, uh, for not being chosen and I can understand that, but my thing is, if you audition, you already know that there's a possibility mm -hmm. that you may or may not be chosen. So you just have to come and bring your A game and do the best that you can in the couple of minutes that you're given so that we can see if you fit what we need. And and sometimes I have to say that to myself about getting into certain places and, and being able to do certain things. Do you fit the need? Do you are, are you a fit for that? And if not, it doesn't diminish what I do at all. It just says, I'm not a fit for that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully... Um, um, the, the maturity level of people is to a point where they can understand that whenever you're auditioning for something, there's definitely a possibility that you may or may not get it. You, you know, ask these people in Hollywood that go on these hundreds and hundreds of auditions that don't get a part. And then one day, boom, they get chosen. So it's because they're a fit. I don't think it's an accident that God chose you and chose you to be in the Hampton Roads area. Um, when you think about the music musicians that you've influenced um, from um, just me and, you know, I'm just regular around, around the uh, roundaway Joe to your son to, and then think about the, the musicians in our age range that you inspired, such as Missy and Timberland, and because you can't you can't be an inspiration in Missy's life and not be inspiration in Timberland's life, and not be an inspiration in Pharrell's life, and then you think about it during the '90s and 2000s, they controlled most of the music played on the radio, still had some influence from Peggy Britt, so when I think. Pharrell says all the time is something in the water. I think our something in the water is Dr. Peggy Britt. <laughs> Sean, you're making me blush over here today. I, <laughs> I, I'm telling you. <coughs> I don't know. Uh, <coughs> I'm so sorry about no this. No problem, no problem. But, uh, I, you know, I'm not, I, I can't take any credit because I just, I, I just do what I do from my heart, and I. And, and let me say this to, to to those that may be listening or watching. You know, you see a lot of stuff on social media about people. You know, they they're devastated that so and so and so hurt them, and 
so and so and so uh, they didn't treat them right and they were ungrateful and you know way 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 and uh, what I have to say is if what you do you do from your heart listen please to this carefully if what you do whether it's for other people or just what you do is from your heart 99% of the time you are not going to be disappointed about the outcome because you have done it with a pure motive you know you see people Sean and they're there why to the people uh, that they have tried to help that they have tried to mentor that they have gotten out of a jam that they have been there for okay great and do you have any ex you know I tell people go into what you're doing with no expectation just do it to the best of your ability do it to the best of your ability do hey Bang it out to the best of your ability and let the chips fall where they may, as they say. And when you do it like that, you, of course, there's always going to be a level of vulnerability in whatever you do that's public. However, you're not in such a, a, an emotional place that people can hurt you with their comments. They're, listen, years ago, I was playing for a choir Good choir, good, great church choir, great singers in that choir. And um, from time to time, I would, I would, you know, lead the song. And uh, the girl uh, told me, told me, uh, you can't sing. Hmm. And granted, I wasn't as good a singer as they were. Hmm. I wasn't. No, 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 no question about it. But she told me I couldn't sing. Okay. All right. So, um, needless to say, um, she doesn't have a recording career as great a singer as she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody knows her name. Yes, ma'am. Please, those of you who are listening to this, don't take that as if I'm bragging. I'm telling you what I do and what I did and what I'm admonishing you to do is to do it from your heart. That way people can't hurt your feelings. They can't because your motive is pure. Mm-hmm. And now that and now I'm going to step off my soapbox. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. So this is how I end all of my episodes. I ask everybody the same question. What would you tell a young Dr. Peggy Britt if she came to you for life advice? The same thing I just said. <laughs> All right. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because um, for a while, uh, when I when I first started having the choir and all of that, um, I, I wanted to be like so-and-so-and-so. Uh, one of my biggest uh, mentors from a distance, we're friends now, but her name is Myrna Summers. And... Uh, Years ago, uh, Myrna was like killing the game. 
And uh, I just wanted to be her. And I realized that that slot was already taken. Mm-hmm. So I had to develop myself and confidence in myself and do what I did like I did it. And uh, I would just say, you know, do what it is that you do with a pure motive, whether it's music, whether it's, uh, I'm in the finance game as well. Um, wh- whatever it is, do it with a pure motive. What do I mean by pure motive? Do it with the motive that you're going to help somebody. Because this is what I believe ministry is, Sean. I believe that ministry is, and it doesn't always happen with a microphone, first of all. Second of all, ministry is getting people from one place, from the place where they are, to their next best place. Their next best place. That's why we're here. That's what I believe love is. Love is you hanging in there with a person and contributing to their life so that they make their goals and dreams come true. And you can't do that being selfish and thinking about what people think about you and whether or not they're going to be grateful and blah, 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 blah. You can't do it. So that's what I would tell her. I would tell her, do what you're doing from a pure place. And trust me, it's going to work out for you okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So now how can people get in touch with you your socials, um, any projects you have coming up, um, what can you get to people? Um, my, what is my email address? Oh, <laughs> I can't even think of my own email address. <laughs> Hi, my email address is highpeggybrick at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, uh, I'm on social media, Peggy Britt Sings. I'm also on Instagram with Peggy Britt Serves. Um, I have a Facebook fan page if they want to go on there and, uh, definitely you'll be getting announcements about what it, whatever it is I'm doing musically or financially. Uh, I mean, the financial services business, helping families, uh, to, uh, make and save money. Mm-hmm. I love doing that as well. That's my other passion. They go 51, 49 from day to day. One is 51, <laughs> one is 49, one is 49, one is you know, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. I really want to thank you for taking your time out of your day. This has been so awesome. Um, I hope we have educated some people. And like I told you, this is my way of a giving you your flowers and B preserving the history. Um, because I think that is something, you know, as my generation, we need to, do better with. So I want people to know, you know, what what it was before and what inspired a lot of the things that's happening today. And I truly believe we got that today. Wow. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me, Sean. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, I appreciate this platform. Anytime I can encourage people with my story, um, cancer survivor, um, a lot of stuff going on uh, with my health, but uh, I, I just refuse to to uh, stop dreaming. And I encourage you guys to do the same. Don't stop dreaming. Yes, ma'am. Ladies and gentlemen, you can reach us at 757renaissanceman.com where you can find all the things. You can get the audio, you can get the video, 
send us a message, send us a voicemail. Let Dr. Peggy Britt know how she's influenced you. I am Sean. This is Dr. Peggy Britt, and we are out.
Be 